When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, there you go. Sometimes the Rams can still be good. It turns out on Christmas Day, maybe exclusively, uh, Rams win 51 to 14. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. 51 to 14, beating the Denver Broncos and improving to 5 and 10 with Baker Mayfield starting at quarterback for the third time and playing against Russell Wilson having maybe his worst game ever. And so lots to talk about. Uh, We're probably not even going to cover it all. And so let me start with this, JB. I'm Kenneth Arthur. With me as always, JB Scott. It's Christmas Day 2022. And, you know, I'm going to start with my pitch, my plea, my argument to Baker Mayfield. Today, you went 24 of 28 for 230 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. You were throwing not to Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. You were throwing to Tyler Higby, Bryson Hopkins, Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, Brandon Powell. You didn't, you didn't have the starting center for the Rams. You didn't have the starting left tackle for the Rams, you know, There were a lot of things going here for Baker Mayfield or working against Baker Mayfield. You were going up against the number three scoring defense in the NFL. This is my pitch to Baker Mayfield, and this is my pitch to any Rams fans out there that are thinking about what, you know, I've got people talking about comp picks. If, If someone else signs Baker Mayfield, which is just... People have gotten so twisted in their heads about what they actually like rooting for. But anyway, this is my pitch, Baker. Don't go to a bad team to start next year. Do not go to the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, the Carolina Panthers. I guess that one's not going to happen. The Atlanta Falcons. I don't know. Whatever the team name is, just stay with the Rams. Be a backup on a good team with a good coach in a good situation for a team that just won the Super Bowl. I know that you could be a starter in the NFL again one day, but my God, Baker, you you were passed away by the Browns. Not very many teams, if any, maybe one or two wanted to trade for you. Then the team that traded for you benched you. Then they cut you. And you came back to the Rams, or you came to the Rams in a situation, the only situation in the NFL where you could be where you are right now, which is starting for a team. And even though things looked really good today, let's not forget last week, things looked really bad. Baker, get all of these people in your head right now telling you, you need to go be, you know, here, you can get a $30 million contract, or you could do this or that or the other thing. We need people in the NFL that are giving these guys much better advice than what they're getting. Baker Mayfield should have never gone to the Carolina Panthers. He should have always gone to the Rams. He should have replaced John Wolford and Bryce Perkins 
in the preseason as the Rams backup. And then think of what the Rams could have had. We might be talking about a playoff team if there was just a better option just to uh, alleviate some of that pressure off of Matthew Stafford when he started to get hurt and things started to come apart. But, you know, things are where they are right now. But, Mike, it's so good for the Rams if Baker Mayfield comes back. I don't know if it's $5 million for a year. I don't know if it's $8 million for a year. But I would, if I was Baker Mayfield, I would rather have a one-year, $7 million contract to back up Matthew Stafford than a three-year, $45 million contract or a, or a, or a two-year, $30 million contract, something where you could re- try to rebuild your career on a shitty team. Forget that. There are other examples out there, guys who just chose better organizations, and you got to choose better teams. We have so many things to talk about today, what things went right for the Rams. Baker Mayfield goes 24 of 28. It is tied for the second highest completion percentage in a single game in Rams history with Jim Everett behind only a game by Kurt Warner during the historic 99 season. And a lot of people will be saying, you know, wow, Baker could go out there and be a starter again. Maybe one out of 50 people are saying or one out of 10 are saying he could be a starter for the Rams instead of Matthew Stafford next season. Please keep it together. Keep Matthew Stafford and Baker Mayfield on the same team. Do it next year because we know Matthew Stafford's probably not going to start 17 games next year. And just like Steve Young in the 80s with the 49ers, you will be in such a better place for 10, 15 more years if you just stay in this situation. That's my pitch. That's my plea. I think you got to have some patience out there. You got to have some resolve. You got to be able to look at the bigger picture here if you're Baker Mayfield and think you could do things like this with the Rams in three or four years, perhaps when Matthew Stafford moves on. Do not go to a team like the Texans or the Colts and have your career just in shambles again, just like it was a month ago, two months ago, six months ago, a year ago. I know that you could potentially start for another team next year. I think that the best possible thing, calm down, learn an offense, learn the right ways to do things, buy into the Ram system, buy into Sean McVay, and become the next reclamation project. Because today's 51-point victory, 51-14, could be the start of something special. But if you just use it to catapult or you know jump yourself into starting next season on while a terrible one of the worst teams in the league i think that's the that's just a way to to start cutting your career short jb what were your thoughts on on baker mayfield's start today and his future as it could relate to the rams or another team yeah i agree with you 100 percent. that selfishly as a rams fan i don't want to see the sean McVay baker mayfield marriage to end so soon after you know four or five games possibly and they just their personalities just mesh so extremely well together that uh Where's the ceiling for this duo? I have no idea. And, you know, Matthew Stafford's probably not going anywhere next year, but he's going to be, what, 35 for the 2023 season with all these injuries, elbow, uh, the spinal cord, concussions. Yeah, like you said, it's almost a certainty he's not going to be playing all 17 games plus up to four in the playoffs next year uh, just because of the the hits he's taken over the years and the amount of games he's played. And uh, having a backup duo or having a backup in that situation can really be beneficial. And I think you nailed the hit the nail on the head whenever you said that, you know, if Baker Mayfield would have been on the Rams from week one and you had that game against the Cardinals 
uh, where Colt McCoy was playing and you could have came out on top and then followed that up against the New Orleans Saints when they had Andy Dalton. If you win those two games, it changes the entire trajectory of the season. And just like the Packers, who they thought they were on the outside of the playoffs looking in, now they're back in the thick of things. And the Rams could have had that same sort of stretch. And maybe you look at games against the Seattle Seahawks, where it's pretty close, but ultimately John Wolford just ended up not being good enough. And then they signed Baker Mayfield the next week and get on the right side of the win column. So, yeah, this is the dynamic of this team has really changed just by bringing in an NFL talent at quarterback. You see the immediate upgrade over, uh, you know, the John Wolfords and Bryce Perkins of the world. And, you know, watch out, Chargers. This team is pretty hot. And, you know, we're battling for L.A. next week. And uh, who's, no, who knows what's going to happen? I think it's a 50-50 game going into this one. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yes, yes. It's uh it I mean the Rams could finish seven and ten, and that's not anywhere near as bad as what a four and thirteen season would have looked like, obviously. But when you're sitting there at seven and ten, you're thinking, okay, you know, the differences between seven and ten and ten and seven or nine and eight seem pretty minute. And when you can think about all of the injuries that the Rams went through, it's not so bad. And, you know, the Rams didn't have a first round pick to play for here with in terms of their own ranking. Their first round pick, I think at this point, drops to eighth overall now going to the Lions. Doesn't feel like now they're sacrificing a potential, you know, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, and we'll see, you know, the Rams still have to win or win one or two of these last two games. So we'll see where it finally ends up. But, you know, as far as their second round pick, whether they were going to pick 34th or 40th, I'm not really thinking anyone should be concerned about that. So the Rams have nothing left to play for here other than to see which guys do they want to bring back next year. And obviously Baker Mayfield is somebody that I think the Rams would love to bring back. I don't think that if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm listening to any advice about, well, you could get more money here. You could be starting here. You know, I would only want to know, how can I be a part of a good team? You know, when are, when are guys going to go back to the mentality of how can I be a part of a good team? And knowing that the, the the rewards and the benefits that come with being a good team are far more greater than trying to be a great individual on a team and not worrying about whether that team is good or bad, you know, because if Baker Mayfield, and I know I realize that the Panthers are better than the Rams right now, but if Baker Mayfield had the mentality of, I don't want to go to a bad team, he would have never gone to the Panthers. He would have never, you know, taken a, cause he had to take a contract, change his contract to go to the Panthers. So whether he had a no trade clause or not, he was in control of his destiny because it was up to him to say, I'll take a different contract. So for him to go to the Panthers, you know, just like, Oh, great. I'm going to a Panthers team that has the hottest hot head coach on the hot seat in the entire NFL and Matt rule who did get fired, you know, who had nothing in between him and starting except for Sam Darnold. And it turns out 
Sam Darnold may lead the Panthers to the playoffs this year. And it just seems like if Baker Mayfield, if there were people out there giving these guys better advice, then they would say, go be a part of a good team. And, you know, that's that's something that I think that really would serve Baker Mayfield better than anything else. Maybe that includes going to a different team other than the Rams that could uh, maybe, you know, give him a, a better guarantee. Maybe he goes to a team like the Eagles or, you know, the Bills and says like, OK, I just want to be a part of a good team and and I'll figure out a way to become a starter again. Because that's the other thing, JB. If you're a good quarterback, it doesn't matter. People will figure it out and they will give you an opportunity in the future. There's no risk here for Baker Mayfield next year to say, I'm going to guarantee myself a spot on a bench in week one, barring injury. There's no long-term risk. It doesn't hurt his career like it would, say, a a wide receiver or a running back who, you know, their career could end, you know, be very short or they're not getting the opportunities to prove themselves. If you're a good quarterback, it doesn't matter if you're a second string, third string, fourth string, like Baker Mayfield basically is right now for the Rams is their fourth starting quarterback this year. doesn't matter where you are on the depth chart. Teams will recognize it. They'll wait. They'll figure out a way to get you, to pay you. And I don't think that this is going to be the best time for Baker Mayfield to catapult himself into an opportunity. And I know that that's probably going to get hard to convince Baker and his team of to say, I think you should still take more time because he started for the Browns for four years, went to the playoffs, was a big star and all that kind of stuff. But when I think of Steve Young, a former number one pick, a guy who flamed out with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a guy who spent five years backing up Joe Montana on the 49ers and had some very good years, some very good games, some very good. He looked like Baker Mayfield at times when he was backing up Joe Montana and there wasn't the same movement back then that there was today. So if there was movement like there was, like there is today, Steve Young may have just left the 49ers after his very first year there. And that wouldn't have resulted in Steve Young becoming an MVP, a Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl champion, all the things that made Steve Young, Steve Young. So for me, I think my advice to Baker Mayfield would definitely be, you've got a a coach here with a reputation for getting the most out of quarterbacks who failed with other head coaches. Just stick with it. Stay the course. See if next year you can actually play with Cooper Cup, you know, and a better offensive line and have those opportunities. So That's one name who showed out today on Christmas against the Broncos and proved that if the Rams can bring him back next year, he'd be a great addition, a great opportunity to be a part of the 53-man roster next season. Anybody out there that brings up compensatory picks so that the Rams could draft Logan Bruss or Bobby Evans or Joseph Noteboom, I just... Did you see John Wolford and Bryce Perkins this year? Did you see, you know, Matthew Stafford, the fragility, the ability to miss time, to miss games, to put this team in a situation where they can't win games? Let's think about that. Let's think about having a better quarterback there just in case, instead of thinking about, ooh, compensatory picks or, ooh, he might cost, he might be an expensive backup quarterback. But I think Baker needs to come back. And another guy who has rebuilt 
his reputation in these last few weeks, and especially today becoming the first 100-yard rusher since Sonny Michel at the end of last season for the Rams, um, and probably looking better today than Sonny Michel ever did for the Rams. Cam Akers, 23 carries, 118 rushing yards, three touchdowns. He caught two passes for 29 yards. He's starting to really move out there and look more like he did in 2020 as a rookie um, when he flashed the re- the potential that made him a second-round pick out of Florida State. And this is a guy that was inactive for several weeks because the Rams were ready to trade him or cut him, and they couldn't find a better player. So they just decided to, to try it again. And despite a fumble a few weeks ago, Cam Akers seems to be a part of L.A.'s 2023 plan as well. Um, what were your thoughts on, on Cam Akers and just sort of the relationship there in the backfield between quarterback and running back? Sure. A few final thoughts on Mayfield maybe first is that, you know, he seems so mature in this role with the Rams and those classic attitude problems that he's been labeled with. We have not seen those pop up at all in his time in Los Angeles. And, you know, hearing his, his comments after the game, you know, with the interview that they traditionally do, uh, he seems so level-headed and ready to acknowledge the injuries that the Rams have had and just the culture that the the winning culture that Sean McVay's instilled in them. And, you know, at times he went through his second and third read uh, and the offensive line held up really well. And I think that's really why you saw Cam Akers have such a big day today too, is this was probably the offensive line's best day of the entire season. And it comes against, you know, a Broncos defense that we talked about on the midweek podcast. They have some players between Brandon Browning, Brandy Gregory had been on IR and came back this week. Uh, these are guys uh, that could have really been disruptive. Draymond Jones is another big name, and they held up. And Baker Mayfield had all day back there to go through his reads. They got they established the run early on and then utilized the play action on top of that. So, yeah, Akers was as dynamic as we've ever seen him. This is probably the best game of his career. And, you know, back-to-back weeks of 100 total yards because he had, you know, 65 rushing, 35 receiving a week ago. So he's really finishing the year in a, in a big way. And you probably have confidence in him at this point for him to be the lead back in 2023. So that's probably an outcome I never saw coming. Or maybe if you're not sold on him or there's still, you know, a disagreement philosophically between he and Sean McVay, at least he's put enough on tape that other teams might be, you know, interested in acquiring him this offseason if those differences can't be reconciled, right? So that wasn't really an option at the trade deadline. His value is at the lowest it's ever been, especially when the Rams, you know, public comments kind of diminish that value as well. So, uh, they, the Rams didn't really run a real offense for the last quarter and a half of this game because the score was so out of hand. And, you know, I thought it was interesting that Akers stayed in over someone like Kyron Williams, who Sean McVay's been very vocal about. They want to see more of him. And, you know, Williams wasn't really in until Mayfield came out and Bryce Perkins was playing. So I thought that was interesting, though Williams did have two physical runs early in the game. I think like two runs for 12 yards or some and really created yards after contact. But, yeah, this was probably Cam Akers' best career game did it in both the run and the pass and created yards after contact and yards that weren't truly there. And, you know, he's become a a force at the goal line the last four weeks. And that's especially at home. That's been really impressive. Staying on the offense for now, JB, and thinking about 2023 and trying to wrap our minds around a possibility here where the Rams make a few changes, but don't have to rock the boat to get back to being Super Bowl contenders. You could have Matthew Stafford at quarterback again. You could have Cam Akers as the running back. Tyler Higby had nine catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns today. Don't necessarily need Tyler Higby to be that guy, but if he's a better guy than he's been for most of this season, if he can sometimes be that outlet, that first, that third down target, 
that red zone target like he was today, catching two touchdowns. Think about him as just another option, a third or fourth option, something closer to what he resembled today. Then, okay, the Rams have a starting tight end. They still need to probably get a better backup tight end or at least some better depth there. You know, then you're talking about whether or not AJ Jackson is at left tackle. Ty Naseki today looked pretty good. Not really any complaints there. And the offensive line as a whole, you had Coleman Shelton, who blocked and was the starting center for Sony Michelle in the last time the Rams had a 100-yard rusher. So Coleman Shelton potentially is a starting center or a starting guard, you know, maybe getting back Brian Allen, if that's something people want to do, Rob Havenstein, maybe getting back Cooper, definitely, you know, probably getting back Cooper Cup, bringing back Allen Robinson, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, getting back Ben Skoranek, maybe seeing some more development out of Powell, McCutcheon, Trammell, something along those lines. Offensively, do you have hope that the Rams can just rebound and get right back to their 2021 levels? Well, it's really shaping up to look that way, right? And something that was interesting, I thought the Rams starting lineup on the offensive line, they activated Chandler Brewer, who's played guard this season, ahead of this game, and then started Matt Skira and Ode Abusi at the left and right guard positions, respectively. So I really thought that Brewer would get the nod over someone like Skira, but that didn't end up being the case. Skira has been a complete disaster, almost as bad as Bobby Evans this season. And then Abushi's better in the run game than pass protection. So I uh, was kind of surprised by that. But I mean, yeah, this offense is really, it's been, you know, you can't really call it a lost season because these younger receivers have really gotten reps and that's opportunities for them to develop moving forward. Bryce Perkins, three catches for 57 yards. And he averaged 19 yards a catch versus Tyler Higby's 10 yards a catch. And he just looks so dynamic when he has the ball. And you know, we'll get the snap counts from the game and the personnel groupings and such. But I mean, this is, has to be the most the Rams have run 12 personnel all season long. And I assume that helped in the run game. And that's probably why you, you saw Cam Akers be so productive in part. And it also opened up things in the passing game. So especially when you started leveraging that play action and you know trying to push the ball down the field. So uh, this was just a complete you know team effort in this game, but this offense has played complementary football and, you know, Tutsat wasn't even that involved. Brandon Powell, I mean, he had a couple carries, a couple screen catches, but overall, like we've seen him be a lot more involved too. So this was the Tyler Higby and Bryce, Bryce and Hopkins show. And, you know, they really did a great job. So maybe you don't need somebody at the tight end position, but maybe it also shows that just how beneficial having a solid number two can be for the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just having more options and thinking about, Whatever the Rams decide to do with their first pick in the draft, that's another thing where it's like they're going to add somebody, uh, even if it's in a trade, but they're going to add somebody next year with some value. And, you know, I don't like putting a lot of pressure on rookies, but it is another option. It's another potential player there. You know, wherever the Rams pick, it's a it's around the time that T. Higgins was drafted. So you can get players of significant value even early in their careers um, that could take the top off of a defense and change an offense's dynamic and and give Matthew Stafford more potential options there, or they could draft an offensive lineman and and give him some more protection there, or they could go defense. Um, There's just so many options here. And uh, yeah, if the Rams are able to bring back Baker Mayfield, they definitely don't and won't go quarterback. And so 
that would be another thing that the uh, Rams could think about is if they bring back Baker Mayfield, you know, that is their developmental quarterback. That is the guy that they hope to bring in to be the starter in the future. And I think it would, again, be the best thing for Baker. But just thinking about all the different directions the Rams could go, you know, they proved they could put 51 points on the board today. Of course, that includes a pick six by Kobe Durant. That includes four interceptions, uh, helping set up the Rams, that's, uh, fumbles, all these things where the Broncos played one of the worst games I've ever seen by a team. And so that helps, you know, when a team plays as poorly as the Denver Broncos did. But let's talk about why the Broncos played so horribly. First of all, JB, uh, it, how much credit do you give to the Broncos for just being a complete shit show of a team? Yeah, there were some incredibly curious decisions made by Russell Wilson. Jacoby Durant's first pick came on just a wild and erratic throw, uh, just way too high. It sailed on him a bit. And, you know, Durant made an athletic play to come down with that ball. Uh, the next time, you know, maybe the interception by Bobby Wagner is just a a good defensive play rather than a bad offensive play because, you know, Wilson looked like he tried to look off to his right and move Wagner. And, you know, the, the veteran is just so savvy that he sat on the route and jumped it before it got to the tight end. So uh, the others, you know, Obviously, Wilson could have run for the first down on third and four, whatever it was, before sailing that ball to Ramsey in the end zone. And you know, Ramsey wasn't really in that good a position to get that ball. Uh, it was just a terrible decision and a bad throw by Wilson overall. And then, you know, Jacoby Durant comes down with his second one of the night, too. And what a curious decision to play someone like Darion Kendrick over, you know, what we've seen from Kobe Durant because he's been good in coverage well, uh, from what we've seen from him this year. Maybe he struggles a time in the, in, with tackling and in the run game. But, you know, as far as corners go, there's a lot of those guys that are bad at that facet of the defense. So uh, maybe we should have saw him a lot earlier in the year, though I know he you know, got an injury around that week three, four, five, six time frame, right? So, yeah, I mean, you've seen a lot of Russell Wilson, right? You, you know the Seahawks pretty well in his time there, but is this fixable for them, do you think? Or the Broncos, they need to rebuild everything right now. When you look at the Broncos, I think – it's all in theory, you know, to think about why Russell Wilson is playing this poorly. I mean, you've got 10 seasons of him making mostly always good decisions. Um, never really was the problem so much with Russell Wilson decisions and just really inaccurate throws. You know, he could be frustrating at times during his games where you thought he had more potential or, you know, he, uh, would make a few bad plays, but I mean, this level, it's like thinking about, well, this is the first time he hasn't worked with Pete Carroll. So is it just the Nathaniel Hackett effect? Is it the offensive line? Because we saw how, how bad the relationships are in Denver between Russell Wilson and the other Broncos and the offensive line and whatever was going on between Brett Rippon and, and Dalton Reisner, you know, on the sidelines and thinking about to the level that, Things just aren't working well there. But if the Broncos come back next year, which they will, I think they're not going to totally uh, uh, go belly up. But when the Broncos come back next year with Russell Wilson, which is undeniable, um, you know, they, they they do have a few foundational pieces. And it's just thinking about, OK, well, is, is Nathaniel Hackett going to be the head coach? Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? Um, I think that. Having, you know, Jerry Judy today didn't even notice, had six catches for 117 yards. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Um, and probably some of that just due to being down by so many points. 
Cortland Sutton, five catches for 64 yards. Greg Dulcich had four catches, 39 yards and a touchdown, but on eight targets um, and nearly a fumble. I think that, you know, for me, in my opinion of the Broncos, they were never a Russell Wilson away from competing for the Super Bowl. I thought they were competing for the playoffs this year, but never really for the Super Bowl. And there's so much worse than that. It's hard to to even start to evaluate what they're going to be next year. But I do think and they don't have their first and second round picks. So it, it's not going to be any help coming in the form of that. They do have Miami's first round pick because of Bradley Chubb, but then they don't have Bradley Chubb. So, you know, it's uh, to me, there's just no way to think of the Broncos as competing with the Chiefs next year. We're going to see the Chargers next week. And uh, the Chargers, you know, they could look like a very much like a, like the Bengals look this year, that could be the Chargers next year where they get a playoff run this year and you have Justin Herbert and there's no reason to think that the Chargers couldn't be a more dominant force next season. Hard for me to see the Broncos turning it around next year, to be honest. Um, thinking of the the Rams defense, because you score 51 points, uh, but the Broncos only scored 14 points. Uh, Bobby Wagner, eight tackles, a sack, two QB hits, an interception. Kobe Durant intercepted both quarterbacks. He had a pick six off Brett Rippon. Laryl Murchison added a few weeks ago, had two sacks, and he left the game with an injury, but he had two sacks. Michael Hoyt had two sacks. Leonard Floyd had a sack. They all had multiple QB hits. Jonah Williams had two QB hits, two pass deflections uh, for Kobe Durant with his interceptions. Keir Thomas with a tackle for a loss. Um, I'm looking at the defense here, and without Aaron Donald, these guys sack Russell Wilson six times. Uh, And then you think, well, if Aaron Donald's returning next year and Laryl Murchison's returning and Michael Hoyt's returning – you know, maybe this pass rush isn't so bad. What were your thoughts there? Yeah, Murchison, who's only been with the team a few weeks, you know, he almost had his Baker Mayfield magic moment today, right? Two and a half sacks and shared one of those with Michael Hoyt, who I think had another one on top of that. So Hoyt had a lot of moments whenever they challenged him on the edge of the defense and he established that edge and turned it inside. And that's something that he's really improved at over the last two to three weeks where he really struggled against in that facet in the Raiders game. So it's good to see him make incremental improvements there. And yeah, I mean, this defense played well all the way around. Maybe Jalen Ramsey's best game this season, just because I don't think he gave up a single reception that I can remember. And that's impressive from him. Uh, Kobe Durant played well. Troy Hill maybe was, if there's one loser from this game, it might be Troy Hill because he jumped that route from Jerry Judy on fourth and four and turned that into a, a 40 plus yard reception to get them in the red zone to get to allow their only touchdown of the day. So I mean, everyone played well. Bobby Brown is someone who doesn't show up maybe on the stat sheet traditionally, but he flashed a lot, was in the backfield, uh, deterred a lot of runs or rerouted them, uh, was in Russell Wilson's face collapsing the pocket. So maybe he doesn't show up in terms of, you know, sacks or quarterback hits or tackles, but uh, the eye test, he really passed it today in a big impressive way. So uh, everyone played well, offense and defense and uh, a bunch of winners and no losers. I mean, that's a spoiler for what I'm going to write about after the game, you know? Yeah, it's really tough to come up with any uh, losers today. Uh, maybe Riley Dixon, because he didn't even get a, a job. He didn't even have to do anything. Uh, so he may feel good about getting the day off. Um, I'm sure that he does. But uh, yeah, 
Speaking of special teams, Matt Gay, three of three, hits 250 yarders. You don't even think you're going to get the opportunity for a couple 50-yard field goals when your team is uh, going to score that many points and the defense is going to be so dominant. Um, but even when the Rams offense stalled, Matt Gay comes in. He ties a franchise record with his seventh 50-plus yard field goal of the year, and that's only on eight attempts. The only other guy to do that was Greg Zerline. He was seven of 13 from beyond 50 yards. So Matt Gay's got two more games to do it. And, you know, I hope the Rams just score touchdowns, but there's a chance here that Matt Gay, you know, who was a pro bowler last year, and it's uh, been a huge find to have a guy that's been as accurate and as good as Matt Gay. It's just so little to take away from this game uh, that's not good. And it's that's so unexpected. Um, because nothing has gone good. This is, uh, you know, the, at halftime, the Rams had 24 points and that was already tied for their second most points of any game this season. And then they had quickly had 31 points, which tied their highest, which came against the Falcons years ago. And, and then you've got just the finale here, you know, 51 points and, and the pick six and, and all that where you're looking at it and you go, okay, bring back Jalen Ramsey, Kobe Durant. Um, you know, surely there's, there's still more holes and gaps and things to plug up on this defense. The Rams have to make decisions at safety. They have to make decisions along the edge of the defense. They have to convince Aaron Donald not to retire. They have to look into keeping Greg Gaines and, and deciding on what to do there. And they have to keep building up this offensive line and, and making sure that they've got the best depth in the NFL and what to do with Joseph Nopum and what to do with Brian Allen and how to get, you know, I think some more options here at the wide receiver position because the Rams were bad with Stafford Cup. Allen Robinson, Joseph Nopum, you know, all these guys that were supposed to be starting, that's when they were bad. So to think about now this is when they're good, well, it doesn't mean that the Rams need to bring back just Baker Mayfield and Ty Nasecki and, and think that this is going to be a, a team that scores 51. Shocking that the Broncos didn't show up, a team that was third in scoring defense and would lose games 12 to 10, uh, but never like this. So Really shocking um, and really makes you think that Denver didn't want to play today. So lots of positive things to take away. And then it's just a matter of, well, and this is funny too, JV. Sean McVay knows Ijiro Aviro so well. That's going to be a storyline. It's just the defense and knowing like, okay, I know Ijiro Aviro. Well, next week he's got Brandon Staley. So how is that going to factor into the Rams' plan of attack next week against the Chargers? The week after that, he's got Shane Waldron, um, the former offensive coordinator, who's now the Seahawks' offensive coordinator. And so there's a lot of familiarity going up here. And this, the Rams have a legitimate shot here to, to win their last two games, um, you would think. Uh, so before we get out of here, yeah, just do you have – the confidence that uh, Sean McVay can, and Baker Mayfield and Cam Akers can show up next week against the Chargers and, uh, you know, really make a go at it? I guess, yeah, the main takeaway from this game is despite the lack of talent and all the injuries and the players that this team is missing, they're still well coached and they still have the same winning culture. And that was the difference between the Rams today and the Broncos, uh, where, you know, this team, the Broncos are spinning apart 
and they haven't been well coached all year. They've made boneheaded penalties. They've made the mistakes at the wrong times that put them on the losing column instead of the winning column. And, you know, the Rams have been in the same boat, but, uh, you know, it's a, you have to be process oriented instead of outcome oriented a lot of times. And, you know, the Rams just looked like a winning, uh, a well oiled machine today and a team that has a good culture and, you know, rally around their head coach. And that's, it, it really was across the board today. So yeah, if, if I'm Brandon Staley and I saw what Sean McVay did with the 12 personnel and, you know, using Tyler Higby to leverage his underneath options, there's a check down for Baker Mayfield in every play today. And he was perfectly willing to take it. And that's how you beat this Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio type of defense is, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts, not pushing the ball down the field. So maybe that's why you only saw Tutu Atwell with two catches and 14 yards. That just wasn't in the cards today. And it probably won't be next week against the Chargers. So um, also, you know, this defense, if they're playing at the level that they are with Leonard Floyd coming alive, Bobby Wagner playing the way he has over the last month. Jalen Ramsey's going to have a, a favorable matchup for him against Mike Williams next week, where he matches up better against those big physical guys instead of the speedy, you know, deep threat type of receivers. So, uh, you know, there's a lot moving in the Rams' favor. The Chargers, you know, if they win tomorrow night against the Colts, they can secure their playoff spot. If not, they're going to be battling over the last two weeks. So it's a chance for the Rams to play spoiler. If they don't get it done, they don't lock up their spot tomorrow night. It's a chance to, you know, take over, you know, assert yourself as the LA's football team, right? Whenever, you, you know, the other tenant of SoFi Stadium is hosting the game. And, you know, it's a chance for Baker Mayfield to show if he really believes he's going to be a starter for another team, even though you've advised him not to go that route, uh, you know, there's going to be all eyes on him the last two games, especially the way he played tonight. One million percent. It's going to be so interesting to see how the Rams season finishes and how their offseason plays out. Lots of questions, and I have no doubt that, once again, the Rams are going to give us plenty of headlines in the 2023 offseason. Let's hope that they give us some positive headlines here against the Chargers and the Seahawks to finish their season. 5-10, and Rams blow out the Broncos, 51-14. to Baker Mayfield, Kobe Durant, Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, Cam Akers, so many stars showing out today on Christmas. So thank you for joining us on this holiday. And we'll be back soon to talk about the Rams and the Chargers for the Battle of Los Angeles, a afternoon game, not a primetime game, been flexed out of the Sunday night slot. We'll still be back for another instant reaction show next week after Rams and Chargers.